Hey everybody, due to some technical difficulties, I can't access my theme song music or usual intros, so this week's episode is, um, let's call it the unplugged version. I hope you still enjoy it. Welcome to Quilting for the Rest of Us. Hey, I'm Sandy, and I'm a quilter, and welcome to episode 42, in which we follow in our mother's footsteps. And I'm recording this on Saturday... Oh, it's March 19th. That's right. It's National Quilting Day. Happy National Quilting Day. I am celebrating National Quilting Day by not actually doing any quilting. I am celebrating by trying to get my podcast out today. Unfortunately, I ended up with back-to-back stuff scheduled, and I'm really just hoping I can even pull out this recording now, because I've only got about an hour and a half to record a podcast episode, eat dinner, change, get into something that looks a little more presentable, and head out again um, to another event. So I don't know. I'm not sure if I'm going to get this all done in this recording. If so, this might be a two-parter, and um, I'll finish recording the rest tomorrow and hopefully remember everything I said today. Uh, So let's get back on script. I haven't given a shout out to new listeners in a while, but I do know I have some. So here's my shout out to new listeners. Woohoo, new listeners. We like new listeners. Thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to the fold. And I really hope I haven't scared you away yet. Um, Hope you have a good time joining with us in talking about our blunders and hopefully our celebrations. Um, Hopefully there's more celebrations than blunders. I also noticed uh, I was on iTunes earlier today downloading some new music. Thought it was time to freshen up my playlist a little bit, and I noticed there was a pack of new reviews on the podcast in iTunes. So thank you so much, everybody. Um, It really does. It's a wonderful thing to leave reviews on iTunes. Thank you for uh, leaving your comments. It's always helpful, and I certainly know when I'm looking for new podcasts, I do read reviews. I take them with a grain of salt. People have their own opinions, but um, I do find it helpful to read other people's reviews. And so I'm sure other folks have found it helpful to read yours. So thank you so much for leaving your reviews. And um, any of those podcasts out there that you enjoyed, make sure you take a few minutes and um, just pop them a review and a few star ratings on iTunes. Um, I completely forgot to announce the winner of the Stash Mystery Challenge last week. I apologize for that. She does actually know who she is. I had contacted her. But in my excitement of interviewing Kim and about those double diamond rulers, I blanked on the whole Stash Mystery Challenge thing. Uh, So I do want to announce that the winner was Janet. And um, Janet, it is in the mail. I was a little bit delayed because I was out of town on business again this week. But I did get it in the mail. So you should hopefully have it, uh, depending on when you listen to this. It's supposed to get to you on Monday. So whenever you listen to this hopefully you already you will be getting it shortly or you'll already have it um also i had put together a video of all the photos people had sent me for the stash mystery challenge and of course whenever something like this and i always do that kind of thing um with some hesitation and yes it happened i did somehow manage to leave two people out and i've been um i know how it happened it wasn't intentional um i did I know how I blipped on both of those people, and I've now been able to fix one of the issues and will fix the other one. So I am hoping to rework that video, um, hopefully tomorrow. Tomorrow originally was a wide open day, and suddenly it's gotten much more crowded. It's my son's last day on um, home for spring break, and one of his... uh, best friends. He's got one best friend that he rooms with in college, so that kid has been around uh, quite a bit this week. It's always fun to see that um, that friend. And um, his other friend from high school, his other BFF from high school, is at a different school and on a slightly different schedule, but their spring break overlapped this weekend. So that other friend is coming over tomorrow. We have 
a tradition with that particular friend of playing Settlers of Catan <laughs> with him. I don't know how that started, but somehow whenever he's in town, we try to all get together and play Settlers of Catan, which I always lose um, horribly. But it's a lot of fun, and somehow part of that tradition has also become me making some really big dinner. You know, partly it's all the guys are home from school, so yeah, I will put together a nice dinner. And not a mere 10 minutes ago, I allowed my son to talk me into making a roast turkey <laughs> tomorrow. So the turkey itself, not hard at all. Um, it's everything that else that goes with it. And yes, I have to make everything else that goes with it. Um, they, they don't let me get away with not making mashed potatoes and gravy. So um, that my day tomorrow suddenly got a little more complicated. I'm not sure I'm going to get any sewing in tomorrow. Um, and not sure whether I'll have time to rework the video either, although it won't take me that long to do. So anyway, that was all a very long digression to say I apologize uh, to the two people that got left out and will hopefully have a new video available. Um, but those of you who have seen the current video, you've loved it. And so um, feel free to you know watch it now, but you may also want to wait a few days and see if you can watch the new one. I also had neglected to announce the next Stash Mystery Challenge theme. Um, as you may remember, I am doing this in tandem with the same challenge going on in my guild that I'm facilitating there, and so I'm keeping you kind of on the same schedule. However, they did get the new theme a week earlier than you, so I'm extending your deadline a week just to keep it fair. Not that you would have ever known, but you know, that's me. I, I raised two children. <laughs> and when you have two children, you have to keep everything exactly fair between them. Um, so I kind of do that now whenever I'm working in twos. I always try to keep them exactly fair between them. Um, anyway, so the next Stash Mystery Challenge theme is, um, and I'm doing this off of memory because I can't currently access the drive in which <laughs> the actual written out theme is, but the idea is in this quarter between now and June, children will be finishing school. So in honor of all that children go through at school, uh, your next stash challenge is to do a project somehow inspired by children's artwork. You can either be inspired by the artwork itself. In other words, you if you've got a piece of kids art that you think would make a great little quilt project of some sort, you know, and just represent it pictorially, go for it. If you want to be inspired just by a general theme of doing something that looks like it might be children's artwork, go ahead and do that. If you've got children's artwork that um, inspires you in terms of its topic, you know, it's, it's um, I don't know what topic is a verbal thing in artwork. Uh, I'm losing words. It's been a busy day already, sorry. Uh, in terms of its themes, in terms of its colors, its shapes, whatever, you know, you can be inspired in that way as well. Um, you could also feel free to use children's novelty prints in a project. Again, remember me. I am one that tends to be more inclusive rather than exclusive. So to a certain extent, anything goes, but it just needs to be inspired by children's artwork. And you need to use this time at least three fabrics from your stash. Again, quantity doesn't matter, just three different fabrics from your stash. And the project does not need to be completed. It just needs to be recognizable for what it eventually will be. Um, and the deadline will be June 20th at midnight. Um, and again, that's a week after the deadline for my guild meeting. So you guys have the same amount of time as my guild members do. And um, the same thing I, I said to my guild members is just because this might be a little more fun. If you are inspired by an actual piece of ch children's artwork, then you may want to send a picture of the original 
artwork to go with the picture you send me of what your project is, just so we can all see how you were inspired. I think that would be really interesting to see. So again, the next Stash Mystery Challenge is something inspired by children's artwork, needs to use at least three fabrics from your stash of any quantity, and the deadline is at midnight, whenever that is in your time zone, on June 20th, and send me a picture of um, the artwork itself, or, I'm sorry, of your project, as well as if you were inspired by a particular piece of child's artwork to send a picture of that child's artwork as well. Um, I think that's it. I will post that in the um, on that stash challenge page on my uh, show notes on my uh, quiltingfortherestofus.com site. So you will have the information there for reference as well. And you know what? You are free. If you are part of a, a bee or a guild or something that is looking for a challenge, feel free to have them play along as well. That would be a whole lot of fun. Uh, the more the merrier. And then, of course, as always, your name will get, uh, when I receive the picture of your, fin uh, not finished project, of your challenge um, offering, <laughs> of whatever you are entering into the challenge, your name will be entered in a drawing for a wonderful prize. And I will tell you, I actually just recently made a visit to my um, local quilt shop, and that's Betty's Quilting Etc. in Spencerport, just to give them a little plug, because I love them, and they just expanded a little bit too. Um, and I have stocked up on my giveaways, so I've got some great stuff sitting here just waiting for people to win it. Okay, what other announcements do I have? Oh, Yes, the winners of the double diamond drawing. And I had mentioned in the episode itself that I was going to divide uh, what she, what Kim had originally sent me into two um, packets so that I could have two winners. And um, when, when I told that to Kim, she actually sent me a second ruler. So I now have two complete sets. Um, there's a package of rulers. And remember, the package of rulers has two rulers in it because it's the same ruler, but two different sizes and then several patterns. And so the two winners, um, both of whom I've emailed, but I don't know whether one of them has read their email yet. I've already heard back from the other one, uh, that have won these wonderful packets are Cindy in Texas, where she said they have 80 degree temperatures, but I'm going to send her the rulers in spite of that, and Patty. And both of them, it sounded like from their comments, neither of them already had the rulers. So this is fantastic. They're both going to get uh, a set of the rulers and several patterns. So thank you for that. And and those of you who have used the rulers, everybody who had left comments who has already had the rulers, loved the rulers. And yes, your names were still in the drawing. I decided not to worry about it ultimately. Um, and I figured if somebody who already had a ruler got a ruler, they could share the wealth with a friend of theirs. But in any case, both of the people who did win um, did not have rulers. And um, those of you, you know, just spread the word. Let people know about uh, Kim's site, Bright Notions, brightquiltingnotions.com. Don't take my word for that. Double check on the show notes. Again, it's been a long day already, and I have a long day to go. So my brain is not entirely with me. Uh, but congratulations to Cindy and Patty for winning those rulers. And I have another drawing coming up, but I'm not going to announce it entirely yet, um, but it will be celebrating the first birthday of my podcast or my first year anniversary, whichever words you want to use. Um, my first ever podcast for Quilting for the Rest of Us was posted on March 28th. So whatever episode I post around then, I'm looking at the calendar. That's why my voice may have suddenly changed in your ear. 
Um, probably if I post a podcast somewhere around the 25th, 26th, somewhere in there, I will probably announce the next drawing. Um, and I do have something particular I'm going to want you to do uh, to put, have your name put in the drawing for that one to celebrate my birthday. So that will be fun. So be listening up to the next episode to hear more about that. A little bit of a Sandy update, and I'm putting this first before the actual content of the podcast because there's not much. Um, the first, the in terms of my quilt life, um, I did get my mother-in-law's quilt to the long arm quilter last weekend, uh, like I thought I would. I managed to get it to her on Sunday night, and this is the first time I've ever used this particular quilter. She um, is a member of my guild, although she's not been able to come recently because her schedule changed, and so she's not been there as much lately. Uh, but I still, you know, I'm somebody who loves to give my business to the local girls when I can, so it's fun for me to be able to um, utilize her skills. And she completely amazed me when she said, okay, well, I think I'll have this back for you next weekend. <laughs> so I'm thinking it's quite possible I will get a call from her tomorrow that the quilt is already done. And then all I've got to do is um, get the binding on it, which is wonderful because that is going to be my mother-in-law's birthday present and her birthday is April 2nd. So I actually have a shot at getting somebody a quilty gift done in time for the gift giving rather than having to hand them something, you know, wrapped, but then take it back and say, okay, I got to finish it. Uh, so that'll be good if I can get that done. Other than that, once I got that project off and to um, the long armor, I'm actually sort of between projects. Yes, I have some UFOs I could finish, and yes, I have some new projects I kind of like to do, but I'm really, I found myself sort of drifting. I couldn't really settle on what I actually wanted to do next. Um, and I, at first I thought that was kind of weird, but then I decided I think that's because I've been so driven and so focused for so long, I knew exactly what I needed to get done and when I wanted to get it done by, that it's not that I hit a wall. I'm not upset. You know, I'm not frustrated or, or feeling um, burned out or anything. It's just sort of like, oh, well, I don't have a schedule anymore. <laughs> I suddenly don't have anything I need to have done at a certain time and, and nothing I really absolutely wanted to get done next. So it's just sort of been this kind of interesting limbo time. Um, but what that's done is I've been kind of thumbing through some of my quilt books and kind of going through some of my old magazine files and stuff and and certainly kind of just thumbing through my fabrics and kind of looking at you know oh that's right I bought this collection at one point and kind of thought I might do this with it or whatever so it's been kind of fun to take a step back and just kind of breathe a little bit and uh, reacquaint myself <laughs> with all these other wonderful things that I at one point you know, thought I might do something with, but got put on the back burner when I was trying to get all this other stuff done. So um, I think I'm just going to live in that zone for a little bit. I'm, I'm enjoying it. Sometimes it's nice to be in that kind of um, breathing space where you're just, you're not focused on anything in particular, you're just sort of seeing what bubbles up. Um, so I'll, I'll keep you posted as about what bubbles up. I haven't decided yet what I'm going to work on next. Uh, but other than that, the big news in our house is, I think I mentioned um, before in a previous episode that my daughter had gotten accepted to two out of the three colleges she had applied to, and we were just waiting on the third. And I am thrilled to announce she got that notice this morning, and she has been accepted to that third college, and that was her top choice college. So done deal. You know, there's no conversations to be had. That's the college she really wanted to go to, and it is such a perfect fit for her, seemingly, from the outside. You know, you never know for sure until they become a student, but it seems like it's such a good fit for her that, you know, we're not even really suggesting <laughs> that we go through any other sort of process. Um, and even nicely, she did get a scholarship 
you know, it would be nice to get free, but <laughs> that's not going to happen. It's still nice that um, her academics were rewarded in that way as well. So she's gotten that scholarship and now she just needs to look for additional scholarships, but that's good. Um, and I'll be taking her up to an open house there for new students sometime in April. So it'll be fun to, we've actually stopped back at the school one other time um, on our way home from Quebec, actually. We stopped by um, to check in the admissions office, make sure that um, she was on target with everything and found out at that point that she had a couple things she needed to get in, um, teacher recommendations that they hadn't received. So it was a little bit, um, a nail biting finish there <laughs> to that whole process because uh, they fortunately extended the deadline on the application so that she could get these teachers um, to do them. And one of the teachers did get it in um, quickly. The other teacher sat on it. You know, it's, it's frustrating, but it did finally get in and it did not um, hinder her acceptance in the long run. So that's good news. Nice to have that question mark uh, tied up. And of course, we immediately have to send the money, you know, so that whole part of things starts pretty darn fast. So anyway, we're thrilled about that. Um, oh, I also noticed I had picked up, um, I subscribed to Fabric Trends. I've actually subscribed to Fabric Trends almost since the beginning. Um, and that's back before Mark Lipinski got involved in it. And it has changed significantly with his involvement in it. Um, you know, some things I like better now, some things I really miss about the old magazine, but you, it is what it is. They've made changes and um, he hasn't been a part of it long enough. I haven't got enough issues yet with his involvement for me to really decide, you know, is this something I'm going to continue with? I like a lot of what he brings to a publication, but like I said, there's some things about the old publication that I missed. So that my jury is still out on that one. But I did notice when I was reading this most recent issue of Fabric Trends, um, it wasn't a letter to the editor, but it was a uh, question that they had asked writers to send in their responses to. And I was thrilled to see listener Jay was one of the people. She wasn't listed as listener Jay. <laughs> That's what I'm calling her for the purpose of this podcast. Uh, she had a letter in there. So uh, pick up your most, the most recent issue of Fabric Trends. And um, I'm sorry, I don't have it in front of me to tell you what the question was. Um, but I know that I agreed with Jay's answer <laughs> when she Left her answer. Darn it. I'm sorry. Like I said, my brain is not fully with me today. I apologize, Jay, but I, when I read it, I was like, oh yeah, that's what I would have answered that question to. So thank you for that. All right. Um, the content for today's um, episode is that I had, and I've mentioned this before, I started a new forum in the Quilting for the Rest of Us group in Big Tent called Following in Our Mother's Footsteps. And it was for, because I had been hearing from a lot of folks that they had inherited um, their mother's stash or their mother's UFOs, or they had inherited things from a beloved friend or an aunt or a grandmother or a mother-in-law, um, or even just people who had, um, like a member of the guild had passed away and all of their um, stuff had gone up for sale. And so they had taken, you know, part of the stash and part of the UFOs or whatever. There's a lot of ways that we inherit things from quilters who have gone before. And sometimes that gives rise to um, exploring memories and, um, you know, being able to honor those memories. Sometimes there can actually be a little bit of a burden to it because you really want to honor what the person's original intent was sometimes for these things. So there's some issues around inheriting stash, inheriting UFOs and inheriting, you know, tools and notions and that kind of thing. So I thought it would be interesting to start a form entitled Following in Our Mother's Footsteps. And I 
we have gotten a lot of conversation there. And so what I thought a really interesting topic was actually kind of started um, by Lady Rags, uh, Noni, who has her own podcast at Noni's Quilting Dreams. But Noni posted a, a one comment that started this whole thread that I really wanted to share with you. And it's basically, she titled her first um, comment, Mother Memories, Learning to Knit and Sew. And it started this wonderful sharing of stories about how people um, it came to sewing. So I wanted to just, I'm going to just read those to you. Um, I enjoy reading the stories as people have written them. And I thought, you know, not all of you are able to get into Big Tent all the time. So I thought I would just share them with you now. So let's start. Uh, Lady Rags, again, Noni, posted the first comment and she says, Learning to Knit and Sew. My mother was taught by nuns during World War II in Italy, where she grew up. I know when she learned to knit, she said she would have to work at it all day. And when she was done, the nuns inspected it. And if it was not perfect, they would rip it all out. It used to make her mad every time she thought of that. She did become an accomplished knitter, but she never knitted till one day we were sewing drapery sides and hems by hand on a large table. We were talking about her growing up days, and when she told me the story, I made an offhanded comment stating, you know, the nuns probably didn't have enough yarn to let you learn bad technique without correcting it. They probably tore it out so you could practice some more. I remember my mom stopping what she was doing and looking at me with a funny look on her face. She said very little after that, and we went on to talk about other things. The next day, she went out and bought new knitting needles, patterns, and yarn. From that day forward, she knitted up a storm. She told me later she wasted a lot of time disliking those nuns and knitting because of them tearing out her hard work. What I always found ironic was that my mom taught me to knit, embroider, and sew using the same methods. If it was right, I had to if it wasn't right, I had to undo it and do it over again until I did it right. I asked my daughter if I did the same thing with her when she learned to craft, and she said no. I just took her to classes in knitting, crafts, woodworking, quilting, dance, reading, etc. I turned her loose on some poor unsuspecting teacher. My motto was, you cannot teach your own child. <laughs> so thank you for that, Lady Rags, a.k.a. Noni. And again, she does have her own podcast, which you can find at nonisquiltingdreams.podbean.com. The next comment was from Nana THP, if I'm saying your screen name right. How appropriate that this forum was added on my mother's date of birth. She was an excellent quilter, so accomplished that I didn't really feel inspired to meet her standards. After learning techniques from her and making my first full-size quilt, long ago worn out, I decided it was easier to let my mom be the family quilter. Years later, when mom became ill with complications of advanced breast cancer, quilting became the topic on which I could connect with her. I could ask her a question about matching colors or how to design a pattern to hand quilt, and I would see a spark in her eye, if only for a short time. If I have any regrets about quilting, it would be that we didn't share sooner such a pleasurable craft. Sometimes I have a feeling I'll be the last quilter in the family, and I would love sharing it with the next generation. Thank you so much, Nana THP. Punk Rock Chick says, I have similar experiences, but my teacher was my granny. She did the most beautiful simple embroidery. She taught me the value of making the back as nice as the front, something that to this day I still don't always accomplish. She taught me the joy of hard work in a project and perseverance until it is completed. I do wish that I had learned from her the art of cutting with precision, which she was a master of. She could also cut out patterns and leave virtually no waste. Another trick I would have loved to have learned. And punk rock chick, I agree. I would love to have learned those tricks as well. Colleen 
posted a comment. My mom was a very enthusiastic crafter. She still likes to knit. She taught me to sew when I was eight. It never occurred to her that it might be dangerous to leave an eight-year-old alone at the sewing machine or too hard for me to do. I still remember the little green skirt and vest I made, and I never looked back. She tended to hover and offer advice, but it was up to me to do all the work. She taught me to knit and embroider. She never knew how to crochet, but my grandma taught me that. I was never a good knitter. Sorry, I was never a good knitter. Can't keep an even gauge, but I've done a fair amount of cross stitch and embroidery and some crochet. Sewing has always been my favorite, though. My mom still knits. She is the queen of mittens. We always did have the coolest, brightest colored mitts as kids, and all her grandkids did do. She knit my daughter one of those sweaters that zip up the front with a picture in the back. The one my mom made was pink and had a kitty on the back. We all loved that, and I have packed it away for one of my grandkids someday. My mom also likes to cook, and we cook together a lot. Once, a couple of years ago, we were making pies together, and she turned to me with a grin and said, Don't we just look like Martha Stewart and her mom? That made us laugh till tears ran down her cheeks. We are so not Martha Stewart, but we do have fun. Thank you so much, Colleen. That's a great story, too. And let's see. So Excited Quilt says, How fortunate you all are. I'm glad for the gift that was handed down to you. I was always doing crafty type things as a child, made my own pop paper dolls, didn't have a real doll, and used whatever I could find to make things, including making up my own board games. The comment surrounding me was always, not sure where she gets that from. So I can't even say that there was a grandmother or aunt or someone somewhere that, that my love of creating did come from. I can only hope my love will get passed down someday. My daughter lives eight hours away with four boys, ages six and under. She is too busy with homeschooling and working full-time to think of creating. Though, having homeschooled, that takes a lot of creativity. I celebrate with you. And you're right, So Excited Quilts, that does take a lot of creativity to do that homeschooling. So she is definitely on that route. Uh, Flower Skunk says, My mom is why I quilt. I always admired her ability to turn out beautiful work with her hands. She pieced and quilted by hand because it was portable. She also taught ceramics to the neighborhood kids and won ribbons at the county fair. She inspired and encouraged me to learn my own handcrafts. After she passed away, I took her unfinished pieces and took a basic quilting class at my local quilt shop so I could finish them. It comforts me to have these pieces in my home. I've encouragement and friendship from all the ladies and men I have met in my sit and sew group and quilt guild, and it all started with my mom. Thank you, Flower Skunk. It definitely, yeah, my mom introduced me to the fact that you can have great friends through quilting too, so that was an important uh, legacy from her to me as well. B. Freeman 56 says, I so enjoy reading all these stories. While my mom didn't teach me to quilt, we lived several hours apart. She inspired me to learn. And we would always talk quilting and do quilty things when I was home for a visit. She did teach me to sew and crochet when I was younger. She made all my clothes until I was in high school. She crocheted afghans to give to loved ones right up until she passed away. I drove up to spend a day with her in the hospital a few weeks before she passed away, and I discovered a quilt store I never knew about on my way there. I stopped in, I knew she would want me to, and found a bunch of used quilt magazines for sale. I loaded up on them, and she and I spent the day looking through them together. It was a great time. I've inherited a lot of her UFOs, books, and stash, and they will remind me of what a wonderful mom I was blessed with. Thank you so much, B. Freeman. And uh, she and I have had some email exchanges since and talked about, you know, inheriting your mother's uh, stash and UFOs after they pass away. 
Um, that's the comments that have been left in that forum, and I would encourage you to leave your own. It's been really, really wonderful reading everybody's stories. Um, and even if your mom wasn't who taught you to, to quilt or your grandmother or whomever, you know, whatever stories you have to share, uh, share them. We'd love hearing each other's stories, and they remind us of so much of our own as well. I'm big on stories. I'm really big on personal stories, so um, share them with me. I love reading them. So thank you to everybody who did post in that forum, and thank you, um, by the way, for sort of tacitly giving me permission to read that. I did post a comment in there at one point that said, I'm feeling an episode coming on, and nobody contacted me to say, no, don't read my story. So um, I'm assuming it was okay. Um, so on to listener comments. I've gotten a lot, most of which were <laughs> around the uh, drawing for the double diamond rulers, and I'm sorry I did not... Uh, list all the names after I did that drawing. So um, thank you to all, I don't know, almost 30 of you who posted comments there. Thank you so much uh, for playing along. That was a lot of fun. But also thanks to Kate and Quilter in the Gap and Carolyn and Bonnie C, Jackie, Tammy, Maureen. Uh, I, I always think of this as Bio Liz, but it's not Bio Liz. It's B-J-O Liz. I'm sorry. I just, my mind turns that into Bio Liz. And Lauren, thank you for leaving your comments on either um, the show notes or on my blog. Either place they tend to, you know, I always, I, I consider those two things almost the same thing. So you leave a comment in one, um, unless I have specified, you know, for the drawings, I want all those comments in one place. But otherwise, I like getting comments wherever I get them. Um, Rhonda sent me pictures of what a friend of hers is making for her with a charm pack that she won from a previous drawing off this podcast, and I love it. Uh, so, you know, as I always say, anyone who wins something from a drawing off this podcast is supposed to be sure to send me pictures when you use it, even if it's, you know, 10 years from now, <laughs> which would be probably more my speed. Um, I love, well, I love seeing pictures, as I've said before. I don't care what they're of. You know, if you've just quilted something you just want me to see, send it. Even better post it in the Flickr group. We do have the Quilting for the Rest of Us Flickr group, and that way you're not only sharing it with me, you're sharing it with a whole bunch of other people. So um, go ahead and, and get that free Flickr account and start uploading photos, because we really love seeing that. And people will comment on each other's nicely. They will they will make nice comments on each other's photos, too. So that's a fun way to um, have a little more quilty show and tell. Uh, let's see, Gator Mom. <laughs> I had posted on my blog uh, a rather traumatic event that happened to me a couple of weeks ago now, I think. Um, my son used to sell Cutco knives, and uh, so now we have a really complete <laughs> set because we he no longer sells them, but, you know, you have to buy the whole sample set or whatever. So they're now in my kitchen until such a time as he's got his own kitchen. Um, and I do have a few of my own that I did buy from him, and they're, they're really good knives. They are insanely sharp, just insanely sharp. I have cut myself more on these knives than I ever have with any other knives in my life. Um, and I know normally they say, you know, it's dull knives that are dangerous. No, these these are, oh my word, <laughs> it's like surgical steel. They're really good knives. You just got to be super careful. And what happens, I mean, I'm, I know how to hold my hand when I'm slicing and all that kind of thing, but they just, once in a while, they just, I, I don't know, it's the weirdest thing. But anyway, so I had managed one night, I was making dinner, and in my head, I knew I was going to get dinner on the table. And then, you know, as soon as dinner was over, I was going to be working on my mother-in-law's quilt. At that point, I was still piecing it. And my mother-in-law's quilt, um, if you haven't seen the pictures of it yet, is it's all white background. And so I'm slicing away and all of a sudden, shoop, 
there goes part of my fingernail down into the nail bed. I mean, I, I actually managed to not cut the finger itself. And that's, that's how sharp these knives are. <laughs> it just sliced off the top of my fingernail um, deep down into the nail bed. So there was a little bit of bleeding. It didn't actually end up bleeding as much as I thought it was going to be. And it didn't end up staying as sore as I thought it was going to be. So it really didn't cut into the skin at all. It was just the fingernail layer. Um, so anyway, I had posted this blog entry about this um, incident, mostly because my daughter then bandaged my finger and it looked, <laughs> it was really funny. Um, so Gator Mom posted a very funny comment on that blog entry that I just have to share with all of you. She said, this is exactly why I avoid all things kitchen. Cooking is a dangerous sport and should be left to professionals, <laughs> allowing us to spend more time sewing. All I have to say, Gator Mom, is here, here. <laughs> I would agree. Certainly, I, I need to stop using those dang knives. They, they're they just killing me. Um, Cat King and Quilter in the Gap left ideas of what I could do with the scraps that I have from the Floral Bouquet quilt. Again, that was a, um, I think that was another blog entry more recently, uh, that the Floral Bouquet quilt was a, um, a jelly roll quilt, two and a half inch strips. And it was more than a single jelly roll. I had to fill in with a lot of strips from my stash, which I had a bunch of. But in any case, um, I ended up with a lot of scraps that I, I wasn't expecting. For some reason, there's kind of these lengths of the ends of some of these um, jelly roll strips. Um, that I, I mean, I thought I was using every inch of these, but somehow I, I have all these, and yes, all the blocks <laughs> are done and all the border is there. You know, there's nothing missing. But somehow I ended up with all these scraps. And so I just said something about I was trying to figure out what I was going to do with these scraps. And so a couple of people left some ideas. Um, Cat King and Quilter in the Gap both gave me some suggestions for that and both of which are great suggestions one of which i was already kind of thinking here's here's the thing um i had planned on making a pillowcase to go with this quilt it's the quilt itself is a little bigger than twin size which is actually too small for the bed i'm picturing it on in my mother-in-law's house she's got a i think it's just a full i don't think it's a queen in that room um so you know she'll put it it'll be more of a bed runner than it will be a, an actual quilt but that being said, I had bought, um, when I bought the backing fabric, I thought I had gotten enough that then I would have, you know, plenty left over for a pillowcase. And somehow that didn't end up happening. I, I have less of that backing fabric left than I thought I would. Um, it remains to be seen. I haven't cut the binding strips yet because I also bought more of the binding fabric than I thought I would need because I thought I'd use it on a pillowcase as well. Um, so what I might end up doing is using some of those scrap strips to fill out the pillowcase backing uh, the backing fabric that I was going to use for the uh, I, I since I haven't really thought about what I'm going to do yet I can't really describe <laughs> adequately what it is but in any case I'm, I'm thinking yes I, I'm still working on the whole pillowcase concept um, the other suggestion Cat King made was to use them to make a storage bag for the quilt itself which is something I hadn't really thought about at the time and as soon as I read that I was like oh yeah that might work too so um, either one, pillowcase, storage bag, or, you know, kind of a mix of both, that it could be a pillowcase and then you just tie it off and it becomes a storage bag somehow. I don't, still deciding that, but really appreciate the ideas from both Cat King and Quilter in the Gap because you're making me think and ponder. Um, Susan left a comment on the video episode that I'd put together and said, what a great idea to turn the photos you received into a video. You received so many creative photos. Kudos to you for encouraging creativity. And you know what? That's exactly what I'm about. And I, I really feel like that's what I have to offer. I am not somebody who's going to be posting a tutorial 
because honestly, I feel like I'm hanging on to the whole process by the skin of my teeth <laughs> as it is, let alone try to explain to somebody else how, uh, how to do it. Um, but you know, someday maybe I will get there. But at this point, that's, that's just not something I do. I also don't design patterns. I don't have an Etsy shop. So, you know, what a lot of other podcasters have to offer is not something I'm going to be offering, but you know what, if I can encourage you to embrace your creativity, then I figure I have done my job. And if you can have fun while you're doing it, even better. Uh, so thank you for everybody's comments. I really appreciated that an awful lot. And like I said, do keep leaving comments in big tent, um, in whatever form you want to. I did also post a question in Big Tent recently about, um, I think they're called bobbin mates that I've been looking at and kind of want people's opinions on them. So, you know, you can chime in on that conversation and do use that form to ask your own questions too. If you've got something you're not sure about a product or a book that you're kind of looking at and you'd like other people's opinions, that's what we're there to do. So um, go into Big Tent and post those questions. Uh, You'll get great opinions and input. It's really a fun place to have some conversation. So that's it for this episode. And um, my contact, oh, the other thing, I skipped this announcement. I'm sorry. Um, That's not it for this episode. The other thing I have done, and I've posted information about this in Big Tent, in order to celebrate the first year birthday of my podcast, I decided what I really wanted to do is share the wealth in more more ways than one. As you know, I'm really big on um, social enterprise and um, micro enterprise, micro loans, all of that kind of thing for um, their role in eradicating poverty and being able to um, help, uh, particularly in my case, I I look at things that um, help women, help their families and help their communities around the world. And um, you, you may have heard of Kiva, maybe you haven't, but I've been a member of Kiva for an awful long time. And Kiva is a not-for-profit organization that um, works on person-to-person microloans, essentially. Um, what it does is they work with partners around the world. And if a person, woman or men, um, I mean, it's anybody can be a part of this network, Um Say there's a woman who really wants to be able to start a business, you know, selling produce in her village, or she wants to be able to raise some sheep or some pigs so that she can use the meat to feed her own family, but then also um, be able to breed them and sell them to other people in the community, you know, to earn a living as well, those kinds of things. Um, Sometimes it's hard for them to get that startup money, that seed money. And what Kiva does is it works with partners around the world and those people can become part of a lending team and then they can get these microloans um, and depending on the part of the world they're usually you know under five thousand dollars to get this loan and then they pay back the loan over time as they are able to get their business up and established so it's not just a charitable donation it's actually a loan and the loan does get repaid um, when you are a kiva member then you are able to um, make a loan as a person. And I think the minimum amount is $25. And then of course it's, it's up, you know, you can loan as much as you want, but you make a loan. And when you go on the Kiva website, you can even choose who you want to loan it to. So you could say, okay, I'm really interested in this area of the world. So only show me loans that are in this particular area. Only show me loans who are from women or from men or in this particular industry. You can really tailor it to things that particularly grab you. Um, or you can just, go online and choose whoever the first person is that, you know, pops up on the screen. It's, it's as much or as little as you want. And then you make this loan. And then as the loan gets repaid back, you also then get your loan paid back. When that money comes back into your account, you can either choose to take it back out and, you know, get a check, 
or you can reloan it to somebody else. Um, like I said, I've been part of Kiva now for several years. Um, I think I was just on my portfolio the other night. I think I've done a, a total of 14 loans at this point because again, you know, it's not the fastest process. You're not going to get your, your loan repaid in two days. It's going to take a few months as, as things work. Um, so, you know, what I have done is in Kiva, you can create teams and all a team is just for fun. When somebody is a member of Kiva, they can then join a team and whenever they make a loan, they can designate that loan um, to be credited towards that team. And then there's sort of a tally board of how much any individual team has loaned out. So it's just a way to kind of, you know, have fun and sort of challenge each other and all that kind of thing. And so I started a Quilting for the Rest of Us Kiva team. And if you're interested, like I said, I put a little more information in Big Tent about it, um, but I'd suggest you just go to kiva.org and read up about Kiva if you're not familiar with it and see if that's something you want to be a part of. And then if you do want to be a part of it, then um, go ahead and you know set yourself up with a Kiva account or if you're already a Kiva member, uh, just go to the community page and you can search for teams there and just search for Quilting for the Rest of Us. I have also put the link in Big Tent. There is a direct link to the Quilting for the Rest of Us team. Now, you can also be a member of several teams at once, and there's there's not too many other quilting-related teams. I think when I did a search, I think there's only three others, maybe four, um, but there's all sorts of other teams on there, and so you could be a member of multiple teams, and then when you make a loan, you you get this little drop-down menu in the loan, somewhere in the loan process, that you can choose which team you want that particular loan to be credited towards, so you can be a part of several teams at once. Um now, mind you, for those of you who are not at all interested in this, this is not something I'm going to be pushing. I will just mention it once in a while. Um, it'll be on my show notes, but I'm not going to be, you know, it's not like you're going to have to be hearing about Kiva all the time if that's not where you are. Um, that's fine, but it's just something that is important to me, and I thought that would be a good way to celebrate the um, year birthday of my podcast. So, again, the information's in Big Tent. At some point, I will get around to putting the, the link, direct link um, to the Kiva team, the Quilting for the Rest of Us Kiva team on my blog. Um, haven't gotten that yet, but you know, I'll get there. Uh, the other things, of course, I've already mentioned the Quilting for the Rest of Us Flickr group. I do have a blog separate from the show notes to this episode, um, and there's a Quilting for the Rest of Us Facebook page. There's a free newsletter that goes out, you know, roughly monthly, <laughs> depending on my travel schedule, etc. And then, of course, you can contact me, um, email at sandyquilts, sandy with a Y, quilts with a Z, at gmail.com, and my Twitter. Um, you can follow me on Twitter, which is also sandyquilts, sandy with a Y, quilts with a Z. Um, and all of that you can find all of that information and all of those links on www.quiltingfortherestofus.com. So that's it for this episode. I will catch up with you next week. I'm actually home for several weeks now. I'm looking forward to this. It's almost like being on vacation without having a lot of travel. Um, so I should be able to get my podcast episodes out on a really nice regular basis for the next few weeks. So um, until next week, go get your quilty on.